Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on all things silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Who- Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby. A Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SB Nation, part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Hello, Raider Nation, and let's go and welcome to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast now brought to you by SP Nation, part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, our new home for the show. Very happy to have you guys with me. I hope all of my longtime listeners have made the move over with me, but I'm also very excited to be talking to a whole new audience of listeners who may be tuning in for the first time. And if that is the case and you like what you hear, make sure you're clicking the subscribe button first and foremost. You should also head over to Twitter and give me a follow at egroat 5 And the last thing I would ask you to do is to check out my website, justpodbaby.com. I've posted a couple of my quick thoughts pieces over there on the blog page, and I will continue to do so here. You can uh, find them on the homepage by scrolling to the bottom of the page or uh, by simply clicking on the blog icon at the top. Either way, please go over there and check it out for me. I would also encourage you to go over to silverandblackpride.com, support the team of writers. I know they're going to be busy pumping out the content for you as the regular season gets underway. So we have you all covered over at SB Nation. As I said, I'm really excited to be to be sharing my podcast with some new listeners. Um, and I, I just want to give you a little bit of information on the show, given this could be the first time that some of you are, are tuning in. You will hear from me at least once a week during the season. You can expect um, new shows to drop on Thursday nights. Uh, That's normally the nights I like to record with a preview of the upcoming uh, week's game. And and this season, I'm also planning on doing a second show, and that will be like a a game recap. And and those will be available normally on Monday nights following a Sunday game. So, So Thursdays and Mondays will be the days for the new releases Uh, for the shows. But as you know, the great thing about podcasts is that you can tune in whenever you want, when it fits your schedule, when you're going for a walk, when you're commuting to work or whatever it may be. So, so feel free to, you know, listen on on your own time, but uh, they are all available at the silver and black pride podcast network. So just make sure you are subscribing. Those are all the show announcements that I have for you this week. Let's now get to the rundown and what the plan is for today. Obviously, the big news from this week uh, is the roster cutdowns that took place. Dave Ziegler now has the roster in place that he will roll with at least to start the season. 
Alex Leatherwood no longer with the team. He grabbed the majority of the headlines along with the Trayvon Mullen trade to the Arizona Cardinals. I've given you my thoughts on on Leatherwood in, in some of my previous episodes. The, the same can be said with, with Trayvon Mullen. So I don't want to be too redundant. I, you know, uh, I know the conversation is, is a bit played out at this point. You're probably a little bit tired of hearing it. Um, uh, they are no longer with the team. And, and so I've decided to kind of go in a different direction with the show this week, try to stay away from that. I, I would much rather spend time focusing on the guys that are on the team. Um, and, and so that's what we'll do here. Um, I'll spend some time talking about some of the rookies that made the team. There's 10 rookies that made this team this year. In particular, I want to focus on those undrafted free agents, um, as well as Britton Brown, the seventh round draft pick out of UCLA. Uh, I'll admit I was a bit surprised to see his name on the roster, but we will get into all of that, um, as well as some audio from head coach Josh McDaniels. Um, we're going to hear a little bit of what he had to say about some of these undrafted free agents as well. He met with the media uh, on Wednesday. Also in segment one, what I want to do is I want to spend a little bit of time talking about how many games could this Raiders team win this year? Uh, Normally, I like to do a uh, prediction. I like to give a prediction as we get closer to the first game. I'm not going to do that this year. What I am going to do, though, is is spend a little bit of time talking about what I believe the the, the floor is for this team and what the the ceiling could be, the worst case um, and the best case. So we will do that. Uh, here in segment one as well. And then we're going to wrap up the show with our guest, a person that I'm very excited to speak with, and that is new play-by-play man for the Raiders, uh, Jason Horowitz. We will speak to Jason about what it was like for him when he got the call uh, from the Raiders and, and how you know he is now beginning to immerse himself in, in, in the silver and black. And, and what is he most looking forward to this season? So really busy show planned for you guys. Uh, but like I said, we will begin with some roster talk. As I mentioned, I want to I want to try to focus on a few of the rookies that that made the team, most notably the undrafted free agents in Britton Brown. Ziegler decided to go with five linebackers. Um, I talked about it on my last episode. I wasn't sure if they were going to keep four or five. They went with five, keeping both Masterson and Butler. I like both of those kids. As I've said before, I thought they both played really well. Uh, in the preseason, are they perfect prospects? No, are, you know they're they're undrafted free agents for a reason. They still have plenty plenty of areas where they need to improve. But for undrafted free agents, you know I thought they really shined uh, in the preseason. Now special teams is where they will need to to make their impact early on. Um, and and keep one thing in mind: you can't have all fifty three men active on game day. So there's going to be some players that are inactive, and um, you know, it's a possibility that that some of these undrafted guys, you know, may find themselves not dressing, but nonetheless, they they were able to uh, hold on to two promising young linebackers who should be able to contribute on special teams uh, early on. And, and if an injury should occur, uh, one of them will have to step in and, and be the next man up. So I'm I'm excited to see what those two young men can 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 do this year. Um, I do have some audio here that I'd like to play for you from head coach Josh McDaniels on Wednesday when he uh, met with the media. Uh, here he is talking about some of those undrafted free agents. Well, I think, you know, um, it really, like we've said it, and I think sometimes you say it and you, you kind of, maybe people hear it and, you know, let it go out the other ear. Um, but, you know, it's really not about how you got here. It's about what you do when you get here. And, um, you know, those guys, uh, you, you've seen them. 
Um, they've, they've been out there every day, first of all. They're durable. Um, they've performed when they've had their opportunities. They've improved. They work really hard, um, and, and it's important to them, you know. And so um, we got a lot of players that were vying for a lot of spots, obviously, and those four guys came here and really just put their head down and continue to get better and make progress, and they've all um, shown the ability to help us and continue to compete on fourth down you know, in the kicking game. So, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you try to, you know, put together a, a roster that's diverse and, and those types of things. But those guys uh, have all earned um, the opportunity that they have in front of them. And they're going to continue to have to earn it, you know. And we talk about that, too. The competition doesn't end today or yesterday. And, you know, you got to continue to earn that. And uh, those guys have, have definitely shown the attitude and the effort uh, to be able to do that. Josh McDaniel's there with some comments and, you know, he made a great point there. The work now just begins for these young men. You know, they, they, they grinded it out, uh, did something that a lot of people thought probably wasn't possible by making this team. But now the work continues, the grind continues because they want to try to make sure that they're able to stay there at this level. So good stuff there from Josh McDaniels. And one of the other, uh, undrafted free agents that, that made the team was Sam Webb. And, and I think that if some of you guys are still out there trying to figure out why it is that Ziegler would would decide to trade away Trayvon Mullen, who many of us thought would would start this year, I being one of those people, I think you know we need to consider two things. Number one, Mullen missed nearly all of training camp, and, and that is one of the. If you listen to the comments with McDaniel's, he said his uh, he was talking about the availability of some of these young players, and I and I I really think when he made that comment, the first thing I thought of was, was Trayvon Mullen, and. You know, when Mullen was out, um, some of these other young players, you know, got a look. Um, and, and you know, it allowed these guys to um, get more reps and show those improvements that McDaniels talked about. One of those players, um, you know, was Sam Webb. But anyhow, getting back to my point, um, when, when Mullen was out, um, you know, it allowed this team to not only take a look at some of the young players, but also a guy like Nate Hobbs. Uh, who was getting some work on the outside, and from all the reports, he was great. He he looked great on the outside. Uh, it seemed like every other day, I was get, we were getting uh, tweets about him, you know, competing with with Devonte Adams and, and making it difficult for him. Um, and in fact, if I had to choose one or two players who who was getting the most praise coming out of camp, it it had to be a tie between uh, Nate Hobbs and, and Devonte Adams. Um, anyways, I, I do expect to see Nate Hobbs play, uh, some on the outside. I'm not sure how much, um, I've heard some people suggest that maybe in base defense, they could, you could see Nate Hobbs lined up outside and then in passing situations when the defense is in nickel, he may move back inside, uh, to the slot, which, which is a totally uh, feasible idea. And number two, um, I think the emergence of Sam Webb, you know, really made Mullen, expendable. Uh, you have, um, you have heard the saying before, I'm sure that you can't make the club when you're in the tub. And as I mentioned, the staff got a really good look at Webb during the preseason games. And also when Mullen was not available, he made improvements through camp, uh, did some nice things in the games and obviously did enough to, to win over the coaching staff. It was, it was clear from the jump when, when Dave Ziegler got here that the cornerback position was one of those positions that he really wanted to upgrade, improve, and bring in some competition. And, and he did just that. He did just that. And uh, you know, shifting the conversation now to uh, Britton Brown, 
uh, another one of the rookies who made the team. I was a little bit surprised to see that he made the team. I, I, I got to be honest with you. And it's not because I wasn't impressed with what I saw from him because I thought he really played well in the uh, the, the last three preseason games, really. Um, you know, he showed what he's capable of doing. Uh, small sample size, I know. Playing against, you know, third and fourth stringers, I understand that as well. But I think he is an intriguing young guy who, you know, he doesn't blow you away with his speed. But he made some nice runs, showed some some ability to make cuts, uh, make some decent reads, you know, caught the ball out of the backfield pretty well. Uh, I don't recall any drops. I know he did have a couple of targets that he didn't catch. But, um, you know, because of that, I think the coaching staff w- was just not ready to say goodbye to him. And, you know, they wanted to see a little bit more from him. And uh, and I said it in my story on JustPodBaby.com, uh, my quick thought story that I posted on Tuesday. I, th- I think part of the logic behind keeping him was that they feared that if they didn't keep him, they may not get him back on the practice squad. That, that's my theory anyways. That's the one I'm going with. But anyhow, they, they do now have five running backs on the roster. Uh, I think the question would be now is how many do they keep active on game day? There's Again, there's going to be some inactives. That's the question. Uh, I know there's some differing opinion out there on the, the usage um, in the playing time and, the, and how the touches will be split up with this this backfield. I, you know, I continue to believe that Jacobs, of course, will be the early down back along with Zemir White, who will, you know, spell Jacobs every once in a while here. And, you know, leaving the, the third down receiving duties to uh, Amir Abdullah. And, and Brandon Bolin, I know some of you are probably saying, what about Brandon Bolin? He is a special teamer. Um, he was more involved with the Patriots offense last year, but do not look at that to give you insight as to how he will be used this year. The reason why he was more involved last year is because they had some injuries to their running back, so he was forced into a little bit more action than than he's used to. But, um, you know, it will be Jacobs, White, and Abdullah who, who lead this Raiders backfield. You know, it's it's been said a lot lately, especially following some of the things that have occurred lately. Dave Ziegler is totally living up to his words when he talked about it in his um, introductory press conference. I remember he talked about how this would be a very competitive situation, and it really does not matter to them where you were drafted, how much money you're making, what you know what you've done in the past. If they don't believe that you can help this team right now. Then, then you won't stick around with this team. And, and I've joked about it on Twitter that, you know, Raider fans, you need to keep your head on a swivel with this guy. This Dave Ziegler, he is showing that he's not afraid to make moves. We all know that. He, he's wheeling and dealing. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, I, I like his style. I really do. I, I like what he's been able to do with this team. I like the, the philosophy that he, he has. And, um, you know, I think he's off to a really good start. So, so that's my wrap on, on some of the news from this week, including uh, some of those um, roster moves and, and undrafted free agents that are now a part of this team. Let, let's move now um, into the second topic that I wanted to cover here in segment one, and that's the Raiders' win-loss record. How many games can this Raiders team win this year? According to VegasInsider.com, um, and just for some reference, these numbers were updated on August 29th. But still, at this point, the futures win totals, I went and looked them up, the futures win totals for the Raiders is still at 8.5. So Vegas still not real high on the Raiders. I know a lot of you guys aren't going to like that out there. Denver, Kansas City, and Los Angeles, all at 10.5 wins right now. So, so 
again, you're not going to like that. And, and and this is the consensus everywhere. I lo- everywhere I look, the Raiders are not being picked to win the division, and in most cases, are being picked to finish, you know, third or fourth. So not a lot of love coming from Vegas or you know some of those other um, insiders and and pundits that are out there. And you know, I was asked the question myself the other day. Um, and and it, it's a hard one to answer, in my opinion. And I can honestly tell you that, you know, if you were to ask me who, who's going to win the division or where will the Raiders finish, I mean, you know, I could honestly see all four of the teams with 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 the chance to win the division. It could go any way. I, I, I really do feel that way. Uh, but anyways, getting back to the topic, I, I want to give you what I believe is the floor and the ceiling for this Raiders team in 2022. We all know the division is completely stacked. It's going to be super competitive. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. Um, and that's that's six games right there. You know, and I believe they're really, it, you know, it could be a coin flip, really. I mean, it, it's just, it's they're all so good. I, I can't, you know, I just, I can't honestly sit here and say that I, I have a really good feeling of, of how it's going to play out within the division. Um, let, let's just say for this exercise, I'm going to say they split in those games. So they're going to go three and three in those games, okay? Um you know, based on that, as I look through the schedule, you see some games. You have some games with the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Seahawks. To me, those are must-have games. There's no excuses why the Raiders should not win all three of those games. The talent is head and shoulders better than all three of those teams. So I'm I'm giving them wins in those three games. So if that's the case... I've got the Raiders at six wins right now. The remaining opponents uh, on the schedule, Cardinals, Titans, Saints, Colts, Rams, Patriots, Steelers, 49ers. I think you could make a very strong case that the Raiders could win five or six of those games. And that would get the Raiders up to 11, 12 wins by, by, by my calculations. But that being said, we see it every year. And the Raiders have done it in the last several years where teams have these letdowns or injuries start to play a role. Things happen. We know this. Take a look at last season. A lot of, a lot of strange things happen to this team. I still have major concerns with the offensive line and, and as well as some of the depth overall on this roster. Can they withstand some injuries? Because you know they're going to happen. You know injuries are going to happen. You know, I've I've considered all of these factors when I've tried to come up with this with these two numbers here. But to me, I just feel at the very worst, the worst case scenario is this team is at least a nine win team. I, I just told you six wins right off the bat. So they gotta find three wins, you know, in those next what, uh seven games, you know, that I just rattled off. So I think the floor for this team is nine wins. I could even be convinced that the floor is 10 with this team. But but I'm going to stick to the number of nine as the worst case scenario. And as far as the best case scenario is concerned, I've settled at the number of 12 wins. 12 wins in this division would be a great accomplishment. I posted a question on Twitter a couple weeks ago. How many games will the Raiders win? There's a lot of optimism out there. I saw a lot of people saying 12, 13, um, a lot of people. So I know there's a lot of optimism out there. I'm not saying it couldn't happen or it won't happen. 
I'm going to settle in on the number 12. Please reach out to me on Twitter. Send me a DM. Let me know what you think. You can also contact me over at the website, justpawbaby.com. But it is time for me to step aside right now. We're going to take a quick little break here. And when we return, we're going to be joined by the new Raiders play-by-play man, Jason Horowitz. Really looking forward to the conversation. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Just Pod Baby, part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Run down the field on You're home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation, and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And welcome back to Just Pod, baby. I am your host, Evan Grote, and we are now brought to you by Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. I'm really excited about joining the team, and I'm even more excited about welcoming in our next guest. He is no stranger to getting behind a microphone. The new voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Jason Horowitz, joins us. And Jason, before we begin the conversation, I would like to congratulate you on the new gig, and thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. Well, I appreciate you for taking the time to have me on. Uh, and uh, as, as someone who spent many a summer in uh, some time in uh, upstate New York, I, uh, I very much appreciate talking to someone else from that uh, neck of the woods. Absolutely. Those of you who don't know, Jason is a graduate of Syracuse University. So uh, I, I grew up not too far from Syracuse. So we, we share that little bond there. Uh, but Jason, I want to I want to um, ask you about. You know, that moment when, when you got the call from the Raiders with the news that you were the new play-by-play man, what, what was that moment like for you and your family? Um, so two separate moments. The first one, they were a week apart, exactly, almost exactly to the minute a week apart. Um, the first one was when they called uh, just about interest. It was a Friday night, uh, early July. My wife and I were out to dinner with a couple of friends. And I got a phone call and I didn't answer it because we were out to dinner with others. And then I, there was a voicemail. And so I, when I went to the restroom, I listened to it. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, so so I, I called them back and luckily they were still there and on the phone and, and, you know, three hour time difference and all that stuff. So uh, we, we, we had a nice first few minutes and, and said to the time to chat on, on Monday and, and had a really nice talk with, with the person who's in charge of all of the, broadcast elements and, and really all of game day entertainment. His name is Brad Finney and he does a phenomenal job across all platforms for the Raiders, including halftime shows and all of those things. He's really wonderful to work with. Um, and, and different conversations throughout that week and a couple of different people and very almost the same time that that same week on Friday, again, my wife and I had a one day getaway. Uh, my in-laws were watching the, the kids. We got one night away that we had planned for weeks. We were out to dinner and got a message that said, you're our guy. 
so uh, it was a very cool, a very celebratory week. Um, I had not expected it the first time. I was very excited about it all week, very hopeful the second time. And uh, it, it really has been amazing ever since. That's, that's excellent. That's an excellent story there. You know, I, what does it mean to you now to, to step into this new role where, you know, so many great play-by-play men came before you? I'm, I'm sure you're aware of some of, the, yeah. some of those names. You know, for an organization, you know, it, it, with a rich history like the Raiders, with a fan base as passionate as Raider Nation is, um, you know, what does all that mean to you? It's a lot. It, it really does mean a lot. Um, I did an interview with Tashawn Reed of The Athletic uh, while I was in Vegas before the Patriots game. And, you know, he, he had quoted me because something similar of a, of a question about that. And, you know, in, in the knowledge of Raiders broadcasters, Bill King starts in around 1966. And Al Davis had hired him away from someone else uh, because of how good of a, of a just a, a description he is. And obviously his voice became legendary and holy Toledo. And he's the, his, his voice are on all of those, you know, all those NFL film highlights of some of the greatest moments in NFL history. Um, so many of them are Raider plays, good and bad. Obviously the immaculate reception, bad, tuck rule, bad, holy roller, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but Bill King's voice is on so many of those. And then, you know, there were three, four years in there, Joel Myers, Who's not kind? He's not thought of for Raiders fans in the same like as as, as Greg Poppin and and uh, and of course Bill King. But Joel Myers has had an unbelievable broadcasting career uh, between NBA and NFL and college, like so many things. And and he's in there. And then of course you have Greg Poppin and, and 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 Raider Nation loves his call, right? Touchdown Raiders, they love it. And, and the crazy thing is, it's so simple. It's two words that always go together on a touchdown call. But he put his spin on it and his his signature call on it and they love it uh and then brent musburger is on rushmore of television broadcasters and he you know he had the four years with with the raiders as well so it's really a short list there's a couple of other names that were pointed out to me before you know 1960 when the team started till bill king took over so it's a really short list but it's a special list um it is you know it's been pointed out to me that multiple times, which not that I needed it to, but just, just as kind of an emphasis that uh, this is one of 32, right? There, there are only 32 people who at any given moment get to be the voices of the NFL um, for their respective teams. Because unlike all other sports where TV and radio are both local and national, football TV is just national. So there is one of you, and that is special. And for the Raiders, it's even more special. Um, and so that's, it's been pretty awesome. It's, it's certainly a humbling thing. And, and I texted my wife in the, I don't know, halftime third quarter of the Patriots game because I was just having so much fun. Lincoln Kennedy and I have developed an awesome chemistry together. We were having Raider alumni because it was Raider. It was alumni weekend. So they were coming up to the booth. And it was just so much fun uh, to be a part of and, and, it, it, it's been it's been like that the entire month. Yeah, you've definitely been doing your homework. <laughs> and you know, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned Greg Papa. You know, he he's the guy who I kind of you know grew up listening to. And and I've talked about this on on the podcast before that what I like to do during the games, I I mute the TV broadcasts and I will have the the radio broadcasts 
as what I'm listening to during games. So I'm not sure how many other people out there do that, but that's something that I just enjoy. You get that, you get, you get yeah. that more of a hometown feel. So I'll definitely be tuned into you uh, each and every week. But Jason Horowitz is our guest this week on Just Pod Baby. Kind enough to give us some of his time. Now we just mentioned you've been doing your homework um, on, on some of the you know the history uh, of the the team and and you know the announcers and play by play men that came before you. Um, how, 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 how much of a challenge has that been for you to, to not only become familiar with some of those great moments and players from the past, but while at the same time, you're trying to get up to speed with, with this team currently and and prepare yourself to to call games. I, I, I would imagine that's, that's a pretty big challenge. So it's an evolving process. Um, I, I, I knew even before my interview with the Raiders, I knew I had some things. I, and, and I didn't know if they would ask me about any of that stuff. But I wanted to have some background of, of some of that history that we talked about. Because I grew up in Michigan. I grew up listening to the radio because games were blacked out because nobody went to the Pontiac Silverdome. <laughs> um, but I grew up listening to radio of, of, of Barry Sanders and, and, and Scott Mitchell and Herman Moore and Robert Porsche and those guys. Um, so I, obviously I knew about the Raiders and I, and I, and the Bo Jackson thing, um, cause I played tech mobile as a kid and he and Marcus Allen were unstoppable, but I didn't have it in my back pocket about all of these plays that are so influential in NFL history and certainly players, um, and what they have done in NFL history. And so it, it's just become part of my preparation that this particular team, these guys, these practices, these coaches. That's, that's normal, right? That's, that's what you would do anyway. That's definitely part of the, the work that I've been putting in. But as part of my other prep, um, what comes up, uh, I've been looking at videos of old games. I've been reading uh, information about a lot of players from the 70s and the 80s. I've been getting to meet some of them. You know, it's part of the cool part with, with the opening game nine days after the announcement came out that I had been hired being in Canton, Ohio, was that I got to meet some of those alums. There, there are some phenomenal people uh, that were walking around the hotel when Cliff Branch was celebrated and honored in Canton, Ohio. And whether you know, it was Mike Haynes or Kenny King and, and a whole bunch of others, it really uh, ha- has been special. And so I'm having some of my own relationships with, with, with these guys, and that's a big part of it. Yeah, sounds like you've been a, a super busy guy. You know, total total uh, kind of life change here for you. Uh, let's look ahead now to the to the season, if you don't mind. You know, the division. Sure. The division should be among the best in football. And and, and earlier in the show, I was discussing the schedule a little bit. And, and when I look at the first five games, you've got the Chargers, Cardinals, Titans, Broncos, Chiefs. I think it's going to be really, really important that the Raiders get off to a good start. And I think we're going to learn a lot about this team early on. What's your take on that? So uh, there, I think most of what people have talked about in reference to the schedule um, have looked at the first five and then they've immediately looked at the last five. So you just reeled off those first five. And and, and there's this assumption that the Broncos – are, are going to be a playoff team because you add Russell Wilson. And it's a fair assumption because of his history. And Broncos obviously believe in that with the extension they just gave him and all of that stuff. Um, there's some things there that, that the Broncos have to do better. Uh, I'm not positive that the Broncos are definitely better than the Raiders or anything like that. I'm not sure people who are picking that uh, necessarily feel that way. Uh, the Chiefs have their acclimate, but it's not like it's not like it's just that easy to replace some of the guys they lost. 
And I know they're trying to do that, but let's wait and see. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to open up in, in Los Angeles and we're going to open up, I would assume, as an underdog when the game kicks off. Uh, but these were the same two teams that were, heck, if they tie, remember week 18, if they tie last year, they're both in the playoffs <laughs> and the Chargers blow it and all that stuff. And, and, and Raiders go to the playoffs and all, but it's the last five two. uh, Thursday night at LA against the Rams on Sunday night football, Pittsburgh, 49ers and chiefs. Chiefs. Yep. Yeah. Right. So like, not only do they have to get out to a good start, they have to stay healthy. They can't slip up on some of those games in the middle. And then can you finish strong? And I'm just, look, there's going to be some surprises along the way, right? We, everyone thinks Seattle's going to stink because Geno Smith is starting. But once in a while, that's not true. So Thanksgiving weekend in Seattle, who knows what you're going to get, right? The Colts are going to be good. I think people assume that's going to be the case. Matt Ryan and, and how close they were you put him with Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, NFL's leader. Oh, that's like, so you, they've got that. There's just a lot there. The schedule is no doubt going to be tough. Um, but it's a better team. This team is better than last year. This team is more opportunistic than last year, at least on paper. Now let's see what it looks like when we get to the field. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always say it's a week-to-week league in the NFL. I, I mean, it doesn't really matter who you, who's on the schedule. You, you just never know in this league. How good do you feel this this team could be offensively? I mean, we all know about the awesome. weapons that Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's got a ton of weapons to throw the ball to. There's some pretty good running backs there as well behind him. You know, the concerns with the offensive line. I, I think they're they're serious concerns. But you know, what are your expectations for this offense under uh, Josh McDaniels? I think they often. So it's interesting because we uh, we got to watch the practice. Tuesday and Wednesday, the inner squad scrimmages against scrimmages against the Patriots, and particularly on Tuesday, um, it was it was very fairly one sided. Wednesday was more even, but Tuesday was very one sided. And I think the big difference is for Derek Carr. Look, the Raiders were really bad in the red zone last year, offensively and defensively, like really bad. Um, add Devontae Adams to that, that that's a that's a game changer, right? That is a red zone game changer. On the other side. You add Chandler Jones to Max Crosby, and you and you completely change the secondary. It is a completely overhauled secondary with Rocky Asin and Anthony Averett, Nate Hobbs in his second year, um, bringing in Deron Harmon, who knows what Patrick Graham and company want to do on the defense. That's game changing. So you you hopefully go from being what were they 26, 28th in red zone touchdown efficiency on offense and 32nd on defense to somewhere in the middle, and that's probably two wins right there. So at least. So that's A. And then B, and I think this is very important. We saw, again, who knows what to take out of preseason. There is a big difference by having Josh McDaniels and not having Josh McDaniels. And I think the Patriots are going to experience that this year. And I think the Raiders are going to experience that this year. And I think that's a good thing. Jason Horowitz, uh, new voice of the Raiders, is our guest this week on Just Pod Baby. I've got one more for you before I, I get you out of here, Jason. I want you to think about this. In a little over a week from now, you're going to be sitting there at, at SoFi Stadium with your partner, yeah. Lincoln Kennedy, right, ready to call your first regular season NFL game. What will the emotions be like for you? Um, so a couple different things. I, I have tried to step back and, and, and take that in for each of the preseason games. I know this is going to feel different because it's a game that matters. So I get that. Um, but I have done that along the way. And, and, and to be perfectly honest, 
I, I have done that along the way in other aspects to my career. Um, last year, uh, CBS put me, asked me to be the, the, the TV voice for Army football. And, and that came with a huge responsibility. I, I felt a major responsibility in doing that for a, a, a multi, multiple of reasons. Um, but, but the location, the history, the men and women who watch Army football every week uh, and who serve our country and, and, and all of that. So I've done that along the way, and, and I'm going to do that again now. Um, the other thing I'm going to wonder is <laughs> – can we get back to Allegiant faster? Because our booth is amazing. <laughs> and that's not necessarily the case at all the places. You know what's amazing? And I haven't been to SoFi yet. I wasn't there for the Super Bowl. And certainly wasn't there in the broadcast booth. Um, but Allegiant Stadium, our, what is now the David Hum broadcast booth up in Allegiant Stadium, is it's high, but it is dead on the 50. And it is big. And it is awesome. And we have this great perch. And from what I've heard at SoFi, uh, we're going to be in the corner, even though it's a brand new stadium, we will be in the corner. I, so I, there will be some adjustment, right? Uh, it's, you know, those binoculars will be out. <laughs> hopefully you're able to judge the yard line uh, and, and, and we'll go from there. But no, it's, it's, it's um, the Raiders have such a history, whether it's Oakland, Los Angeles, back to Oakland, now Las Vegas. So to be in Los Angeles for the opener uh, in a game against a rival, that matters. It's going to be pretty special. Special indeed, Jason. And uh, we hope that you will take the time to sit back and, and, and embrace that moment, enjoy it. You've put a lot of hard work in to get to this point in your career. So uh, I know that Raider Nation will be tuning in. We're all going to be pulling for you. And we wish you nothing but the best of luck. And, and thanks again for giving us a few minutes of your time. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, anytime throughout the course of the season, if you feel the need to kick some thoughts here, let me know. All right, there you go. Jason Horowitz, everyone. And I forgot to mention, you can follow Jason on Twitter, at HorowitzJason. So make sure you go out there and do that. And I, I tell you guys what, I've done a lot of interviews since I started doing this show back in 2019. Jason Horowitz, he's a stand-up guy. And I, I can tell that just after one conversation with, with the man. Uh, he was gracious with his time. We chatted both before we went on air and even some more after we went off air. Just a really nice dude, and, and Raider Nation is, is really lucky to have him. Okay, guys, that is going to do it. Time for me to wrap it up. Big thanks again to our guest, Jason Horowitz. Thanks and appreciation to all of you for listening. If you like what you heard, don't be afraid to leave me a nice five-star rating and review Everyone have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. And at this time next week, we will be previewing Raiders Chargers Week 1. Until then, I am Evan Grote, and as always, just win, baby.